Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to this very special bonus edition of the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. I was thrilled to have the opportunity to chat to Harlequins and England legend Chris Robshaw, as well as Newcastle, Edinburgh, Quinns and Scotland winger Tim Visser, along with my good mate Bruce Aitchison from Happiness is Egg-Shaped. The lads told stories from their Quinns days, the England-Scotland rivalry and all about Rugby Bash, who have brought us this bonus edition of the show. Rugby Bash Legends in Your Living Room will be hosting live interactive events during the upcoming Guinness Six Nations, starting with England versus Scotland on February the 6th. Get a package full of goodies to enjoy during the match and watch along with some rugby legends, including Tim Visser, Chris Robshaw, Danny Kerr, Mike Brown, Jamie Roberts, Nick Easter, Ian Madigan, and many, many more in a live and interactive second screen experience that you cannot miss. Visit Rugby rugbytours.co.uk for all the information and to get your tickets now. Now, let's get to my chat with Chris Robshaw, Tim Visser and Bruce Aitchison. <laughs> Tim, turn the light on. Tim, turn the light on. Hello. That is the only light. That's literally the only light I've got. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Hello, everybody. Hi, welcome. Hello. This is a, a very, very special event, very special version of the Rugby Roundtable. Um, welcome, uh, I guess the co-host tonight, uh, is my old pal Bruce Aitchison from Happiness is Egg-Shaped. How are you, mate? Mate, I am fabulous. It is Friday, thank Crunchy. And look at, look at these people we've got down I here. Know. How I famous know. are they? Yeah, are you literally uh, just pointing at Chris, aren't you? I can't see who you're pointing at. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am proper, uh, fanboy in tonight. Uh, as anyone might know, I'm a huge Harlequins fan, uh, but they'll also know I'm also the biggest Chris Robshaw fan in the world. Oh, here he is. Here he is. The Prince. See, quick, don't, quick, don't say quick, that because now, the, now oh. the pressure's on me to say I'm the biggest Tim Visser fan in the world. <laughs> yeah, but you're That's not going to say true. that, are you? That's a lie. They've, they've never been found, that person. I don't think. <laughs> oh, I can see oh, no, James Hoyle. He's on this screen. Tim Visser's biggest fan is on this screen. It's not <laughs> me. I'm guessing Sean's already said it's you. So, Chris, unless it's you, Tim Visser's biggest fan <laughs> is. It's Tim Visser. Thank you. <laughs> Chris, Chris actually quite a big fan of me. Yeah, I do like you, Tim. I enjoyed oh, our time thanks, together. Mate. I needed that. I did. Uh, I was going to say, my other big fan has just joined us as well. James Horwell said he was going to join James us. And he's just come on. I can see he's watching us. Um, he said he was going to put some horrible questions in. But I don't think he can. That's can great. He? Yeah, of course he, he can. He can. We'll can. 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 even bring him up on the screen. Look, hello. Oh, oh, there, oh there he is. Oh, Australia captain and mayor of Brisbane. That is quite a well-chiselled jaw. It is. Large <laughs> head. So quickly, so this is this is how big of a fan of Chris Robshaw I am, right? This is This is how cool this is. I have a pair of his shorts in my in my uh, chest of drawers, which I bought at his testimonial yeah. event at uh, the sports cafe. Boxer shorts. 2016. 
Boxer shorts. Boxer shorts. <laughs> I, re- I reckon they went missing from the, 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 the boxers pants. They, they went missing from the, the washing line at the back of his Never his washed. Gaff. Oh, no. Never washed. Yeah. Actually, I bought some uh, Joe Marler shorts um, from uh, In My Locker. Okay, yeah. The, the way you sell the stuff. And it did have a skid mark in it. Oh, yeah. that doesn't surprise me. You know, Joe Marler for Mark Lambert's charity night for his testimonial sold a used one of his jock straps. Oh, <laughs> Who buys not even, that? Not even washed. It, it was sold. It was sold. I don't know who bought it. And then the person old man in Scotland, it, probably. Like, I'm, I'm not judging Joe Marler for that. I'm judging the person <laughs> that bought it. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, I agree as well. I, although I've heard that there are vending machines in Japan that you can do that kind of stuff, although I've never been myself. I've used underwear. How do you know this? Uh, who knows? Anyway, moving on. How good is it that we've got Tim Visser and Chris Robshaw on your round table? Oh, I, know. Mm. I know. I know. Round table. So normally, like for anyone that's never watched this before, probably James Hallwell has never watched this before. We talk to grassroots clubs and grassroots players about grassroots things. But how can you turn up an opportunity to speak to bloody Chris Robshaw and Tim Visser on a Friday night? How well, I, I, we? well I, I reckon the two of them must be peddling something. Oh, well, they've got to be, haven't they? Well, we are here for we've a reason. Go on, Ted. Tell, tell us support. what the reason is. Tell us what the reason is, Well, Tim. if anyone still remembers Rugby Bash, you I know you remember Rugby Bash. We um, we hosted some events in Edinburgh for the Six Nations. Um, great turnout. Had about 150, 170 people uh, at the Gilly Doo, which was brilliant. Um, great event. We were going to build on it, and then, boom, COVID hit. Um, so, uh, yeah, we had to close it. We had to, s- to cancel the second event. Um, lots of disappointed people, um, mostly us, to be fair, because there was a lot of great beer brands involved. Um, but we've decided to revive it. So what we've done is we've taken it virtual. We're going to take it uh, onto StreamYard, giving fans the opportunity to watch the Six Nations games with people like Chris Robshaw, Ian Madigan, Jamie Roberts, Mike Brown, um, God name it, who else have we got? Uh, the French fella, the French yeah, fella, yeah, Benjamin Kaiser, Kaiser Johnny Beatty. The list goes on. Some some really amazing guys that have obviously been there, um, and they are going to preview the game. They're going to be there with you throughout the game, so they'll be live watching it. If you've got questions for them, they'll answer questions, give you insights. Um, they'll review the game afterwards, but. Most exciting, well, what I'm most excited about is we're going to be sending out all these parcels ahead of this um, the game that you choose to participate in, uh, and they're going to be filled with some fantastic things, most of all booze, obviously. Um, this is obviously strictly 18+, plus, but we've got Heineken on board, we've got Glen Turret Whiskey on board, we've got Snackfully on board for the snacks. Uh, Rex Club News are going to be doing beanies and hats, oh, I believe. Yes. So it is good. There's some merchandise in there. Um, but most of all, it's about the guys. Uh, it's the closest we can get to uh, getting hospitality at a stadium. So, uh, yeah, please, we urge anyone to sign up, join in, uh, get ready in front of your laptop, watch the game with us. And um, we're doing five of them. We're, uh, we've selected five games, one of each round, and um, we're super excited about it. So it's we're, we're kind of like, we're like, like the... Box, isn't it? We're like it the mobile like hairdressers box. of the rugby world. We are coming to your place. We're going to use your electricity. We're going to drink your <laughs> cups of tea, but you get the company. That's what exactly. we're that's what you get. We're trying How, to get that back. Do you need a host? 
I heard you might need a host. We do need a host. You know, I, 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 know, I know host. He's bald, though. He is bald. There's not a lot of hair. I mean, he's got a face for radio, he said himself before. Yeah. <laughs> Hasht hashtag face for radio. Which, yeah, that's not me, but that's that's apparently what he describes himself as. But yeah. he's got some great banter, mostly from a Scottish perspective. Never never made it onto the poster. Never made it onto the poster. All the events Harsh. I've done, never made it onto the poster. Harsh, I'd say. And you still haven't made it onto this one. I've still, I know, nobody, nobody knew I was on. My, <laughs> wife did, my wife's got no idea where I am. Oh, no. <laughs> you oh, told no. her you've got to work. Chris, Chris, how? Uh, what's it like being reunited with Tim, did you think that you'd severed all ties when he moved back up here? You even, <laughs> you even decided to go to America to try and get as far away from him as possible, and now he's back. You're not actually going to believe it, but I actually missed him. I haven't seen Tim in a long time now. Um, yeah, he's no. one of those strange people where you see this person kind of <laughs> on the TV or his personality, and people kind of probably get their backs up against him. But he's such a great guy, aren't you, Tim? I'm such a loser. And actually, we, norm we normally do an annual trip to Ibiza, which is obviously not happening yeah, either. Um, but, you know, play I'd a bit love of golf to come and, together. Uh, well, play a bit of golf. I'd love to come and see you in America once it's all over. How how quickly did Chris Robshaw move from, we usually go away to Ibiza together to, oh, yeah, we, we play golf together. We play yeah. golf together. <laughs> yeah, golf, yeah, golf, yeah, golf uh, trips. Yeah, golf trips. Yeah, golf trips. Yeah. We don't bring the golf bags. But. Well, yeah, yeah, we, uh, no, I do miss Tim. Tim was great for Quinns, I think, and he's a yeah, great yeah. person to have around. Good character, I think you are, Viz. Better, better always, than Rugby well, I used to <laughs> talk about Tim the most was he would always be immaculately dressed on the pitch. His socks would be pulled right up, his shirt is tucked in, his clean. shorts around yeah, his nipples. <laughs> and, and he doesn't get a speck of dirt on him. No, nah, never dirty. If I, I mean, to be fair, as a winger, if you get caught, you've done something wrong. I reckon. <laughs> how, <laughs> how, long did it take, how long did it take when you got that phone call? Quin, Quins are interested. How, well, obviously, you would asked all about the money, but how long did it take? <laughs> how long did it take for you to make that decision about going to Quins? Nah, not long. Um, they, yeah, they they offered me a, a contract. First of all, not actually. Against popular belief, I got a salary reduction from when I left the SRU. I earned less at Quinn's than I did at the SRU. Um, and I, you know, I wanted to leave uh, Edinburgh at the time. I wanted to have a second go at the premiership. Um, but what really got it for me was um, um, Connor, Connor O'Shea at the time um, flew me down. We literally met at Heathrow. So I came out of the gate, met at the coffee shop there. Um, and, you know, we had a chat at the time and he was just, I mean, you'll know, Robbie, he was inspirational. The way he spoke was phenomenal. And something that stays with me until probably the day I die was, and you do, you do not hear rugby coaches saying this. He, he said, you know, we'd rather lose a game than, than don't believe in the way that we play. They were obviously a very attacking team. And they had this big, when I first joined, they had this big image of, you know, throwing the ball around almost anywhere, almost barbarian style. And, you know, that that's changed now, and it probably had to change because it stopped working for, for Quinns at one point. But there was such an attacking outfit, and, you know, you know what I was like. I wasn't a huge fan of defending. Um, so that, for me, that was – he was like, listen, we, we play from everywhere. We'd rather lose a game than just kick the ball away like Saris do all day long. Um, and I literally, I mean, I said to my agent, my agent was there, I said, please, where can I sign this? We need to do this. 
That's a, that's a long oh, way to go for a cup of coffee, yeah? Remember those yeah. days? Remember Literally those days when hours. you could fly to Heathrow for a cup of coffee? Oh, you wouldn't do that now. They were the days. Chris, what, six and a half or seven? Six, six and a half, seven? I, I don't really mind. It was one of those things. Which no, don't give out. me that. I've always wanted to ask you, six or seven? Come on. This is uh, on, on the table, six or seven? You know, on a serious note, I honestly don't. But as long as I'm playing and starting, it doesn't really bother me. For me, I never saw too much difference in the way I played. It, some was running lines and... But when we think of that, after we played France in that game, and obviously Eddie Jones had come into the England setup and said, look, England have only got six and a half. So after that Six Nations, we'd just beat France in a Grand Slam game in Paris. And James Haskell just came up to me and winked at me. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, just wait here a second. And he just came back. He'd got a kit man to make these two six and a half shirts. So we got Eddie Jones in the middle of us holding up the six and a half shirt. Um, and yeah, to be fair, Eddie took it quite well. That was and a I said, brilliant picture. I Did said, he? what would happen if we had lost? And he goes, <laughs> those shirts would have been burned before we got back. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like up here, there's a there's a, a manufacturer in the borders that whenever Scotland get to that last game and there was the chance of the Grand Slam, they would they would make the jumpers the, on, on the Monday rare. morning. <laughs> oh, no, was was it? This, this was before <laughs> Tim Visser was Scottish. And oh, okay. they they would get to the Monday and you'd be able to buy this limited edition Scotland Grand Slam jumper because they weren't Grand Slam winners because they'd been pumped in the last game <laughs> on the Saturday. <laughs> well, that was, that was always like, a lot of people do that and you always hear kind of tales that, oh, they've got boxes of Grand Slam shirts and champagne and all this kind of stuff. And is it true or is it just kind of extra motivation to see what they're coming here, they're prepared, they're celebrating already, all that kind of stuff. But, you true. kind of have to prepare. And I remember after that game in France as well, Eddie was like, okay, guys, you can all go out and enjoy Paris and all that kind of stuff. So we went out, but they were like, look, no social media, kind of keep it under wraps, all that kind of stuff. And we go into this club in the middle of Paris. I can't remember where it was. But around the whole of the club, it had like an electric banner saying, congratulations, England, Grand Slam champions, playing a national anthem, all this kind of stuff. And we were like, yeah, this isn't very incognito in the end, is it? Um, but yeah, it was Quiet a good night. night out. Yeah. Quiet night out. So, Chris, how how uh, tough was it to to make the decision to leave Harlequins and leave London, leave England? Yeah, leave England. Yeah, for me, it was it was huge. It's all I'd ever known. I came straight from school in, into Quinns and been there 16, 17 years. I'm from kind of Surrey, southwest London. It's all I'd ever known. Um, and to be fair, it was the only club I kind of wanted to play, especially when you're playing for England. I never really wanted to explore being abroad. England was my focus and, and Quinn's as well. And then kind of the end of last year and the beginning of this year, as a professional, I'm sure Tim knows as well, you just know in yourself, you know in your body, you know in your mind. And I just wanted to explore something abroad. I wanted to have that opportunity. And I speak to so many friends who have worked abroad, whether that be kind of a normal job, so to speak, or people who have played rugby abroad. Um, and they all say it's some of the best time of their lives. Those kind of two, three years having that opportunity. And, and you've picked a pretty me, memorable spot too. Yeah, and for <laughs> me, rugby has been a, an amazing vehicle. It's taken me all over the world. And I wanted to see if there was an opportunity with it. It didn't. I ne didn't necessarily know where I was going to go at the time. Um, and for me, it's a nice fit. Look, I'm 34 years old now. Uh, they play kind of 16 to 18 games max a season. The season's only six months, so it allows me a bit of that kind of transition into whatever's going to happen next. 
and I love the beach. They say they kind of train in the morning, go do their recovery in the beach in the afternoon. Um, Not a bad they, life, huh? Yeah, they told me like, they were getting surfing, all this kind of stuff. And, that, that's why um, Tim moved back up to Edinburgh when he when he finished playing. Yeah, well, I, I, love, I love the beach, so I'm going to move back to Edinburgh. <laughs> I mean, there is beaches here, but they're literally plastic. Oh, come on. Portobello Beach, Costa del Portobello. It's magnificent down there. Tim, playing for Scotland against England at Twickenham, that must be decent, even for a Dutchman. Yeah, really good. Um, I can't say I've been hugely <laughs> successful down there, uh, but it, I mean, it is, it is, it is very good. Um, I've played at Twickenham, uh, you know, a number of times uh, with Quinns as well. You know, big game, uh, and almost ninety thousand people there for a for a club game is, I mean, that is that is unbelievable. Um, I don't know how, still don't know how they did it. It was a fantastic. Um, occasion the, the couple of times that I, I got to play in that but with scotland um against england you know that is that's war that's that's a war zone you go down there and it's and it's weird because especially later on when when i was playing at, at Quinns and um i go i play uh, with scotland against england kind of you know over the road from from what my home is uh, and it and it's really weird because somehow after being back up in Scotland for two weeks and getting back into that Scottish mentality, suddenly like, yeah, we do hate the English. They are a bunch of assholes. <laughs> and it's crazy. It's crazy because, and then and then I'm like, well, hold on. Some of these guys I play with, are, they're really good fun. And I'm texting Mike Brown in the background going, oh, we're coming for you kind of thing. But, um, and yeah, you know, we, we've we not done, uh, and when I was there, we, we didn't do particularly well. There was one game where, um, we this is I think 2017 Six Nations potentially. We were going um, really well of Scotland. We'd we'd won our first couple of games, um, and um, and England were struggling. They were winning, but they were struggling. And and this was under Eddie. They just kind of come off that high of I think it was off, off the back of your Grand Slam, and you were kind of coming off a high. Um, and uh, you know the, the media started going all oh, this and that, and and um, you know they, they've got a real chance of of getting down there. You need the hype, didn't you? I was going to say, Chris, <laughs> just, Chris just burst out laughing when you it's said not the media. Even there. Necessarily that, no, I, but it was I, just... I, I mean, it was it was wonderful. I was injured; I'd done my shoulder, but I could just see everything. England had just played. I think they may have played Wales or something, just one or or someone or Italy. Yeah, not played well. Italy, and it's it was tactics. All the media just kept hammering Eddie. They hammered England and they hammered them and just said, what are they doing? They're terrible, terrible. And knowing Eddie, knowing the team, he just would have been poking them for two weeks, just poking them, saying, this Scottish team. And all the press was about how good Scotland are, how amazing they are. They're all the best I, I mean, been. I helped out with that a little bit because I did the press conference <laughs> midweek and I'd been speaking to the England boys and Mike was like, yeah, you know, we're not going that well kind of thing, you know. We're just trying to figure out blah blah whole story, and the the Scottish press were like, "Oh, what are they? What are your Quinn's teammates like down there? Are they confident?" And I stupidly said, "Well, actually, they're not as chirpy as they normally are. I think they're a bit worried." Oh. Next minute, the headline the next day: Tim Visser says Scotland are going to pump England. Right? <laughs> I'd obviously never said that, but also I'd never read that. So anyway, we're in the game, uh, and it was it was um, Brown. A hooker got got red carded 
I think yeah, very it was like early on. Three minutes, wasn't it? I don't know. Yeah, very early on, which completely changed our um, lineout defense. But the backs hadn't picked up on that. So anyway, <laughs> England, do, England do all these sort of like you know those those breakouts from the, from the mall around the lineouts, and they um, they literally pump straight through us. And they come through, uh, come through the middle of uh, ten and twelve or thirteen, and it's a two on one. They come and they score. And as Jonathan Jonathan Joseph scores, Ben Youngs runs past me and, and mouths something at me, but like really angry. And then goes and the and he said something like, "Yeah, they'll fucking teach you with your big mouth." And I, I literally, I had no idea what he's talking about because I didn't even read the papers. I was like, what "The hell!" And he was shouting. Someone else ran past me and bumped me. I think it was Brownie. Brownie said something horrific. And, <laughs> and literally, it was only afterwards where in the um, – oh, actually, it got worse because the score line was like cricket score at the end. And I'm literally uh, – Danny comes on, Danny scores, and I'm standing there under the post, and Brownie is just like smiling at me and giving me a load of shit. And anyway, <laughs> afterwards, in the, in the after-match dinner, Brownie goes, why did, you, why did you do that in the press? Why did you set yourself up for a fail? Why did you say all these things? I said, mate, what are you talking about? And he goes, mate, look at this. And literally, it had been blown up to like A3 format, and it was hanging in the England in the England team room. Uh, Tim Visser, Scotland are going to pump, pump England, all that kind of stuff. I said, oh, God, I never even said that. But yeah, good lesson on how to speak to the media, I guess. Yeah. Painful. But I, think, I think with that as well, though, that's why you always, people are like, oh, why don't players say more? Why don't sports yeah. people give more of an insight about actually how they're yeah. feeling this game's are they really confident? Because if you say something like that, you know you're going to get in that change room and it's going to be there and it's going to be in every single one of their rooms and all that kind of stuff. And it's just it's just yeah. motivation you don't really want to give. And if it doesn't work, like Tim says, it's a, it's a, it's a long so, way back. Chris, give, give, us, give us your best Eddie Jones impression of what you're going to do to Tim Visser when, uh, when he's mouthed off. Go on, give us an Eddie. I do. Uh, does he have to say much if he's got that uh, big uh, uh, the blowout of the of the headline? Does he have to say much at that point? <laughs> oh, but I love I love it when they do the Eddie Jones impressions. Uh, good, good mate, good. That's what we said in trading. <laughs> good mate, that's good. Right. Like that's what we need more of that mate. Yeah. <laughs> Us, when you get Hallwell on, it's Hallwell doing one because he had Eddie Jones when he first went to. Uh, Queen, is it Queensland? Yeah, Brisbane. Queensland. Yeah, the Reds. Yeah. And he says, <laughs> no, I know this story. Eddie has calmed down a little bit, I think. But I think he's still <laughs> very intense. Exactly. If you think he's calmed down, imagine what he was like kind of 10 years ago when he was with Queensland. And Hallwell says he's never seen anything like it. I think they lost. They got pumped in one game, didn't they? They got absolutely yeah. pumped. Yeah. I can't remember what a score, but it was big. And he just says, yeah, the rant he gave him. Um, I made them all sit on the changing room floor. He's like, that's where yeah. you guys belong. It's like, sit yeah. on the floor. <laughs> the, the story. The James Hobo, two meters, like, oh, sitting on the floor. Matt Gitto tells a story. It was he not in Aussie camp, and he, it was his 21st birthday, and Eddie Jones said to oh, him, yeah. don't, don't, don't you go drinking, mate. Don't you go drinking. And then they announced it was his birthday, and he went, hey, have a beer, Gitz. Hey, Gitz, have a beer. So oh, Gitto's oh, going, hang on. He's told me privately I've not have a drink, and now he's offering me a drink in front of the whole <laughs> just messing with people's minds. Fern Cotter yeah, used to okay. do similar stuff. Fern Cotter, we, we were in World Cup camp um, pre-15, and, and David Denton, who's a really good friend of mine, isn't the fittest of guys. He's a big unit. He's quick. He's powerful, but he's not that fit. And, and so everyone got split into these groups 
and he was in the um, get fitter group. I was in the get faster group. You know, the the heavy the props were in the get stronger group. Whatever. He was in the get fitter group, which basically meant that he had fitness every day, which is painful. And he was doing um, a yo-yo test, which he had to get level seventeen for, or something like that, which for him is pretty spicy. And he gets to level sixteen, and he is he is hanging like he's hooped. He is struggling. And Vern Cotter, I was there. Vern Cotter just stands on the side. Dense, dense, just go inside, mate. Just don't even worry about it. Just go inside. It doesn't even matter. And then it's like, oh, do I, do I just stop? Do I just stop? Do I go inside? And then he stands there and he goes, Mike, get on with it. Get on with it. And he starts going again. It's like awful. The, the power of a coach. The yeah. power. power. Talking to coaches, then, uh, big week at Harlequins this week with uh, Paul Gustard leaving. Um, obviously, you probably can't say how they're feeling in camp, but. Uh, how much will that affect the boys going forward? And uh, can they look forward to, you know, perhaps yeah, someone coming in at the end yeah, of the season? It's, it's obviously a, a huge, huge decision. Uh, get rid of the new coach, kind of not even halfway through. What is it? Probably a third of the way through the season. Yeah. Mm. Trying to speak to some of the boys or some of the coaches there to get a bit more of an insight. But I don't know. BSU fans, I think, but everyone's been quite, quite yeah. close-lipped. Uh, I knew there was stuff brewing because. Uh, I think the the thing with with Gustard is, and I, and I thought he was a phenomenal coach. He did not think I was a phenomenal player, but I thought he was a, a really good coach. I we think did, like, yeah. we did. he didn't we like did. me. He had a good look at me and he went, "Nah, this is not going to work." But he he was. I thought he was phenomenal in the way he spoke to the players and the way mm. he um, spoke to people individually. I thought he was like world class, and the way he was shaping that team uh, uh, with the intensity. And I think intensity is the right word is unparalleled he was non-stop in the middle of the night you would get texts about an academy game the next day he was in your ear in your face non-stop and, and i think the problem with that is that when it goes well and when you're winning that's amazing and people buy into it but when you're on a losing streak as quinn's you know they haven't been doing that well recently um i think they're sitting seventh in the league now and your coach is giving you a midnight call because you've got an A-League game the next day, you're not going to be wanting to hear that, are you? So I think I think that's probably where it's gone wrong a little bit. Um, but it's really unfortunate because he was doing really good stuff with Quinns. And I think like Tim said there, his, his presentation skills were better than anyone I've ever seen in terms of stuff getting messages across in different ways. Just, yeah, just being... Say you didn't understand defence or didn't understand the system, he would go away and study the type of person you are and look okay. at different ways of getting a message. Whereas a lot of coaches would just, if it doesn't work, they'll just shout it louder and louder and louder. <laughs> and if you still don't get it, well, off you go. But he'll go away and research. Well, you know, you're back up. Back up is going. And he was amazing. He was amazing. I remember we had a game against the French team, and the whole, um, the whole thing that week was to chop them low because they were big boys. Chop them low, get Robbo over the ball, and we'll be kind of fine. And the Friday before the game, we're all sitting there in the team room, and suddenly this like this this oh, you know, like this waiter this waiter table comes in right uh, with this silver bowl over the top. You know when you get room service, it was like that. And we're all like, no, oh, not, not as rich as you guys. No, nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, like what? what and like, I have no idea. And and Gustard walks in in full chef's outfit. He's got the whole shebang on, the the chef's hat on, like everything you can find, and he's got. His big fuck off, there are my fingers, big fuck off knife in his hand, right? 
So everyone's like, oh no, what the hell is this? And he pulls the, the, the cover off and there's this massive, massive live bullfrog under there. So he's got some film company to come in and bring this massive frog, you know, like the big toad, whatever it is. Like, this doesn't do it justice. It, it was huge. And he's like, right. Um, what do the French like? Blah blah blah. Yeah, frogs like the froggies. It's like, what do we do? What do we do with the um, with their legs? And then someone, sh- oh, I think, might meet me. I <laughs> chop them off. And he goes, right. Shall I chop them off? <laughs> and oh yeah, chop them off. I was really into it. He's like, no, weird bastard. We're not actually going to chop him off. But like, that's I- the kind of stuff he would do. He was, he was, he Did was it really into it. At that point, though. When, when I think this or someone had I said, I'd chop it off. You should have seen the people who were looking after this frog. Yeah, he's pulled out this knife, thinking, what the hell? This is like our stage frog or whatever it is. Expensive, um, expensive animal. <laughs> but yeah, like, he always has different things like that to get his message across, and it was uh, brilliant. Bonkers. Uh, who would you like to see come in? If you, if, yeah, if anyone I'm not there anymore, to be honest. <laughs> that ship has sealed. But you're still a fan, though. You're still a fan. No, of course, yeah, I'm still a fan. And there, there are so many good coaches out there. You could bring anyone. I mean, what about that Crusaders coach, uh, Robinson? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely he's got a pretty good track record, doesn't he? Yeah. Because I mean, about a lot of brand. Who wants to? Who wants to come? Who wants to fit? Is it about fitting a brand? Is it about evolving the brand? Is it about a transition of players? Is it about kind of moving things on? And I think for me, with Quinns at the moment, I think this team is, yes, there's a number of experienced people, but they've got a lot of young guys who are probably yeah. one or two years away from being serious, serious players. So they're, as course, you were in 2009, 2010. Yeah, and, and they are, they're all very good players. But I think as you come through the system and as Tim will know, you just get that little bit of toughness, you get that bit of mentality, you've been around, you know what it takes. But it's not just going around, it's going around and winning away at somewhere like a Bath or Gloucester, which they have done this year, which are tough places to go. And then it's building confidence in that. And it does take a bit of time. People think you can flick a switch like that and things change rapidly. And, and sometimes when you get a new coach come in, sometimes things do change because you get a spike. Um, just because you get an instant reaction, people want to impress. It's pressure. Short it's term, though, isn't it, normally? Yeah, exactly. It's short, it's short term. Uh, but to build on these things, it, take, it does take a bit of time. I so could talk to you guys. Look at the Six Nations. Let's hang on. Let's see, Tim. <laughs> who who's going to be the Scottish player to carve it up at Twickenham? God, I would love for it to be Cam Wetpath. That would be a fantastic story, <laughs> wouldn't it? He's Is he ready to, to blow you his name? He's gone to train. He's gone to train with um with England, and then next minute he's up in Scotland wearing the thistle. <laughs> I think it's a brilliant story. I mean, I would. But Didn't Gary Graham do that as well. Yeah, he yeah. did. I was reading about that today. He was he was with you guys for a bit, and then and he said some pretty choppy things in the media before he, he actually then ended up with Scotland the year after. Um, who would I like to see rip up? Duan van der Meer would be good. Yeah. Um, obviously, a bit of a, a story there with him going to Worcester. Um, I mean, I think Darcy Graham is a brilliant little pocket rocket. He's phenomenal. Uh, Stuart Hogg, you know, for me, I, I'm, I'm obviously just naming all the back three players, but James Lang, if he gets a chance to play, uh, I'm a good friend with James. It'd be great to see him do well, especially at Twickenham. Um, and, and I think Jamie Rich and Hamish Watson, I think they're both outstanding at the moment. Uh, and, I, and I would like to see them deliver it again on the highest level. 
Jamie Ritchie's a bit of class. So James Lang is coming to Edinburgh. I take it somebody's been in touch with him to sort him out a flat, have they? Yeah, maybe one or two, yeah. Yeah, maybe no, one or two. <laughs> no, I've been speaking to him quite a bit recently. Uh, obviously, great. I mean, it makes sense, I think, for everyone. Um, he, he is now uh, captured by Scotland. Uh, he's played for Scotland a number of times. It makes sense for him to be at a Scottish club. I think um, as a young talent like him, uh, there is no better place to play for Scotland than to be in Scotland. So I think it's a great move. And, and the same for, for Quinns. Um, with all the incentives you get for English qualified players, it just, I guess, didn't make that much sense for him to be down there anymore, especially now he's increased in value. Yeah, I think so. And I think realistically, he was probably behind Andre and Paul Iziki, um in terms of powerful. I think with Paul yeah. Day, one of the big, big 12, not so much playmakers, but more physical. Uh, and we've gone up to Scotland. It gives him, like you said, a great opportunity to establish himself as a, a first choice in the Scottish side. Um, and it shows credit, I think. It shows he, he wants to do it. It shows he doesn't want to be one of those players playing out the country. It shows he's willing to go up there and fight for a place. And um, look, it's a shame for Quinns because he's a great guy. He's a bit of a strange guy. Uh, he's a great guy to have around. That come, that's coming um, from me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel he's well. a weird guy. He's a weird guy. <laughs> nice. Nice. I'm not bored about asking Chris about England because I'm. I'll, I'll do it then. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, how many points are we going to put on Scotland then, Chris? Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Who is this guy? <laughs> I don't know. It's not going to be as one-sided as... No, no, and, no. I think, and I think you look at the last couple of games against Scotland where Scotland have won and Scotland have made that game, that epic game at Twickenham. Yeah. Which England, uh, I mean, it would have been Scotland's greatest game if they had managed to hold on to that, I think. Um, and yeah, from a, a neutral point of view, it's incredible rugby. I think from... Watching Scotland now, they 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 have that kind of physical side, but they're playing good rugby. I think now they're actually going out there to win and attack and stuff. I like their back row. I think Hamish Watson and uh, Jamie, what's his name? The other Richie guy, Richie. Jamie Richard with his yeah the tape. I think they're two incredible flankers. I think they're brilliant. They're abrasive. They're competitive. Incredible work. They try to tackle kind of Hamish Watson, and it's just like you hit a rock. He just keeps going. He's low centre of gravity. He's good over the ball. Um, yeah, and strong, yeah, look, they're, they're getting stronger and stronger every year. And I, I think this year, look, I think England are going to win the game. Um, but I don't think it'll be as one-sided as, as people think. Perfect. So, what a way. I, I think that. that's a perfect way to end, isn't it? You know, England winning. And uh, But Tim... Uh, no. no, it's not the perfect oh, way to yeah. finish. <laughs> For this side of the screen, it is. For this yeah, side exactly, of the screen, exactly. it is. That side, not so much. Tim, give us the rundown on Rugby Bash again. Where can people buy their yeah, ticket? Legends in your living room. Uh, join us virtually uh, to get a preview of the game. We've got some great names. Jamie Roberts, Chris, uh, Johnny Beatty, uh, Mike Brown, Nick Easter, I forgot to mention, uh, Ian Madigan. There's a great list of boys. Uh, they're going to be interactive with you throughout the game. We're going to have the big bald guy above me, is going to be hosting, which is fantastic. Um, and there's going to be some great parcels being sent out to your home uh, with some fantastic goodies, booze and snacks. Excellent. Head to head to rugbytools.co.uk, find out all of the information there, uh, buy your tickets. It's going to be a great event. Looking forward to, looking forward to watching it uh, with you guys. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure. Absolute honour. 
to have uh, two absolute legends uh, come whoa, on to my show. Whoa, 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 two? Two? Well, three. You've been here. You, you come here more often than I do. <laughs> I've, I've done 30 of these, and he's been on five of them. Jesus <laughs> I'm running out of guests. I'm running out of guests. But, um, yeah, absolute pleasure. Look, uh, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Uh, Robbo, good luck in, in San Diego, mate. It's going to be a hell of a journey. You'll be able to watch that on YouTube. Um, they, they, play, they show their games on YouTube, so you'll be able to watch that uh, for free over here. And if you've never watched Major League Rugby, it's absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So get uh, get out there and go and tear it up. And uh, Tim, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, mate. It's been an thank absolute you. pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having us. Cheers. Uh, absolute pleasure. Well, uh, I'll see you uh, on the day uh, when we when we press all the buttons and uh, make everyone very happy. Beautiful. Uh, everyone's been watching uh, the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable. Thank you very much. Go and buy your tickets for uh, uh, Rugby Bash. Cheers. Good night. Thank you so much to Chris Robshaw, Tim Visser and Bruce Aitchison for joining me for this very special episode. Don't forget to check out Rugby Bash, Legends in Your Living Room. Visit rugbytours.co.uk for all the info and to get your tickets. Thank you all for listening. My name's Sean Phelan and you've been listening to the Philly Boots Rugby Roundtable.